0: The Vietnam chapter of my life closed when Saigon fell on April 30th, back in 1975. Sixteen years later, a visitor interrupted my morning jog and reopened the wound. The road to my house twists up the west face of the northern end of the Sandia Mountains, doubling back on itself in a number of hairpin curves. It is a hard run. I run it every day, and as I jog, the occasional breaks in the pine and cedar forest on either side— offer a comfortable hundred-mile perspective on the human race. Even at sea level, I hate jogging. At a touch under 7,000 feet, it's like running in a vacuum. I'd never do it if the 23 hours a day when I don't run weren't so flat and lifeless without the exercise. It keeps my carcass as lean as can be expected and helps my mirror maintain the polite fiction that I'm still a year or two on the cradle side of 40. I hate running but i do it. Still, I get by with a bare minimum, two and a half miles to the ridge above Placidus, and then back again. The ridge makes a good rest stop. Directly below, the village lies strung along the tail end of the pavement. A pine and juniper forest dies into grassland farther to the west. Beyond that, a golden plain falls away toward the dirty green line that marks the Bosca, the cottonwood, and scrub cedar forest along the Rio Grande. The dry plain is interrupted only by the thin north-south thread of Interstate 25. Albuquerque is south, behind a shoulder of the Sandia Mountains. At night, especially when there is a high overcast, the lights of the city provide a waning moon's illumination. But in a late afternoon, when I do my running, the only hint that 500,000 people are playing out their lives twenty miles away is the sunlight glinting from the cars and trucks strung out along I-25. From my resting spot, you look down at a steep angle on the white and brown stucco, the adobe, and the weathered wood of the village of Placidas. You look down at a lesser angle to the river ten miles away. Above the river, the high desert of western New Mexico looms as if you could scratch it with a short stick. The desert is dry. A wet year brings seven or eight inches of rain and snow. A number of low volcanoes interrupts the mesa toward the southwest, black on brown. To the northwest lies the dark purple smudge of the Yemas Mountains. Seventy miles away and snow-capped most of the year, Mount Taylor sits on the western horizon like an ancient Navajo god. There's a lot to look at if you like things that don't change from day to day. I stand there... Waiting for my lungs to get over their excitement, and I watch nothing happening. Maybe a hawk or an eagle wheeling high overhead, a black speck against the turquoise sky, a woodpecker hammering in the forest. I can take a lot of nothing happening without getting tired of it. I get nervous when things start happening. That Thursday, a car growled somewhere below as it climbed the ridge. I only have five neighbors on my road. I know them all well enough to say howdy, and they know me well enough not to say anything more than howdy back. Only one could be called an acquaintance, Jenny Murphy, who has the place next to mine. Neither she nor any of the others was likely to be traveling at that time of day. I turned reluctantly from my resting spot and began the jog back. I kept my ears open. The car was a surprise, and I didn't like it. There had been too many surprises in the past. When it was about a minute behind me, long before I could be seen, I slipped off the road and into the trees and watched it pass. It was a red 87 Jag with California plates and one occupant—female, dark hair, yellow scarf against the wind, dark glasses. She was driving slowly, as though she didn't know where she was going or was uncomfortable so far from civilization—